On this month's episode of Digital Signage Digest, we discuss what it's like to be a digital signage integrator working in New York and Atlanta during the COVID-19 crisis. And we sit down with Phillips Professional Display Solutions to talk about their social distancing digital signage solutions, which are recently launched in Europe and the United States. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Digital Signage Digest, episode number 16, Six Feet Apart. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation. I'm Lenora Lee, and this is Digital Signage Digest, the AV Nation TV show that looks at the news issues of the digital signage market. On this episode of Digital Signage Digest, I'm joined by two AV integrators who have continued to work as essential workers in New York and Atlanta. Jay Leedy, Director of Business Development at Diversified, and Phil Langer, President of Show and Tell in New York, will walk us through their experiences in cities that have been hard hit by the pandemic. Later in the show, I'm joined by members of the Philips Professional Display Solutions team to discuss the company's new queue management and people counting signing solutions. But first, let's talk to Jay and Phil. Welcome to the Digital Signage Digest, guys. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having us. Yeah, th- thanks for having us. So both of you are based, well, not both of you are based. One of you is based in New York City. That's Phil. And... Um, Jay, you're based in Atlanta, and these are two places, you know, New York being the epicenter of the pandemic in the, in the United States, and Atlanta also being hard hit by this uh, COVID-19. Can you guys take us through some of the challenges you've had as AV essential workers under the conditions that have evolved since the beginning of the year with this, with this pandemic? Uh, Phil, you can go first. Sure. Okay, sure. Well, um, again, thanks for having me uh, on to talk about what I can here. Um, you know, it's a tricky time for us all, you know, not just in the industry, but everybody. And, and uh, <clears throat> you know, on one hand, while I'd like to think we're, quote, essential workers, you know, a lot of what we're doing is not really essential workers. I mean, uh, the guys at the grocery store and the, and the doctors and nurses and everybody, those, those guys are doing everything. Um, uh, we, we have a, a number of verticals that we service in the digital signage umbrella, uh, retail, uh, some entertainment, some transportation and so forth. So each one of those has kind of been addressed a little, a little differently. Uh, of course, most all the retail is shut down and just, you know, we just turn it off and it's like, we'll wait until further notice, you know, there's nothing happening. Um, and, and that's just kind of expected. Um, one, a large chunk of our business is to operate and maintain the t- signs in Times Square. So a lot of the big video signs that you see in Times Square, digital outdoor spectaculars and so forth, we operate and run the advertisements on and um, do the content management and a lot of that sort of stuff. So um, that's been shut down, you know, because New York City primarily is trying to just keep everybody away. Um, we, we, we started off with some, you know, uh, first sort of essential worker thank you messaging and so forth. A lot of the advertisers just pulled out. And so for most cases, a lot of the signs have kind of gone into a dormant mode, even though they might be on. It's just sort of some evergreen, uh, you know, no ads, no messaging. It's kind of, you know, bleak in, in a way. 
But if you think about it, we don't really want to attract people to Times Square right now. So, so we're keeping things running and, um, and maintaining it as needed, but um, generally staying away from there. So then the other area that we are active in is a lot of our transportation work. So we're doing work for uh, the Port Authority, MTA, and so forth in, in New York City um, on some of their digital signage and some of their terminals. And um, there we're doing a good bit of advertising about safe practices and um, and you know any schedule changes of course a lot of the carriers are all changing their schedules and service uh, so we have to stay up on that and keep people informed on that and digital signage is a great way to do that uh, because they're not reprinting you know flyers and things and a lot of these people who have are regular writers they depend on that signage to kind of inform them on what's going on so we're pretty active there although we're trying to be as safe as possible and doing most of it remotely um, that's kind of what our world looks like right now in a, in a sort of a broad sense Jay, how's it for you down in, a, in the Atlanta area what are some of the challenges you guys are facing down there and what's what's your company uh, doing exactly uh many of the same scenarios that Phil just mentioned um, were faced with as well. I mean, Diversified runs networks um, across a range of verticals in a number of markets, um, Atlanta included, but a, a number of applications in the Times Square area. Um, a, a large swath of, of our client base is financial branch banking um, clientele, which are only now just opening up in many markets. Um, so the, Similar challenges to what Phil had mentioned in that, you know, to some extent, uh, the, the clients uh, really wanted us to just cease all operations until uh, it makes sense financially for us to go back in and start servicing these, uh, these various entities, which now is starting to kind of warm up as of last week's, um, you know, much more broadly than Atlanta, which, you know, in the Georgia area was one of the first states really to open up broadly. Um, but we're, we're seeing a, a trend as people are looking past the immediate state and, and thinking about shutting businesses down. It's really, you know, how do we open up? What's going to be the most appropriate? And what is the need uh, by employees as well as um, the various clients that we serve in these spaces going to dictate? And what we're seeing is that um, there's a, a distinct growth opportunity in communications in general. So uh, not necessarily just digital signage, but certainly digital signage is a component of a more comprehensive communication strategy in which um, situational awareness and uh, just a, a need to be able to reach a very um, fragmented audience uh, across a range of mediums has become much more important. Um, so we're, we're finding a number of, of clients that we've worked with for a long time, as well as, you know, prospective clients that, you know, now as a result of some of our more kind of thermal sensor and return to work strategy considerations are, are starting to approach us and not only, you know, thermal sensors and other kind of key return to work considerations about density management and things of that nature, but really at the end of the day, how do they ensure that they're communicating the right message at the right time to a range of audiences? And, and that's, uh, I, I think going to continue to, to grow in our view. Just to piggyback off of what you just said, Jay, you know, it, this, does this look like a different kind of approach than you're seeing pre-pandemic? Do you think this is going to cause a, a severe shift in how, I mean, 
digital signage has also been a wayfinding messaging kind of thing. It's not just for pretty ads and, and art installations. Um, what are some applications that you think will digital signage will play a larger role in that it didn't usually play, it didn't play in before? Yeah, I, I think the, the main shift that we're seeing, especially in the retail sector, is going from a focus on delivering experiential um, elements that really kind of were, were driven to help people engage and, and linger in a particular location. Now there's the same potential mechanisms in place with digital signage and other elements to you know, help people move through space and uh, be very purposeful in what they're um, looking to accomplish in those spaces without having to spend any more time than they absolutely have to. So, um, you know, a, a, a shift in mindset in terms of um, engagement, uh, as well as, um, you know, really optimizing the uh, the traffic and flow path and going through retail environments, especially. But I think, you know, it, in a uh, corporate communications environment, it's really, again, kind of going back to a comprehensive strategy where, um, especially in places that are going back into these environments, combined with virtualized workforces, which I think are going to continue to be um, a, a much larger component of the workforce than they were previously, how do you reach those individuals? And we're seeing um, an interest in leveraging a common platform to reach and communicate across a, a, you know, an array of, of mediums and you know, ensure that it gets the messages delivered when it's on the desktop whether it's in a video call, whether it's in a kiosk, or right to a smartphone as a, a you know, really more comprehensive communication strategy. Phil, what are the challenges do you see that are going to be particularly unique to New York? Because it is such a dense city, isn't it? And it's a city that relies heavily on public transportation. Um, and it just, just, just yeah. tons of people. It's in a lot New of people <laughs> in, a, in a space that's way too small for them to in the first place, and then yeah. uh, you know way before COVID. So, it's a it's a conundrum, but that's part of the magic of it too, you know. So, I think it's you know, uh, you know, like Che was saying, it's um, it, it it's a digital signage is kind of in a unique spot to be able to um, service that constituent no matter whether it's public facing or corporate or or in some sort of a private capacity um and and we're doing a lot of the same stuff that that diversified is is everybody's talking about you know um the thermal mirrors where it's taking your temperature when you come into a, a location or or just to the from a communication standpoint of saying hey we're a we're a glove place we're a we're a mask place we're a mask and glove or or you know we're definitely six feet whatever their policy is going to be for that day as we know it's changing on a week-to-week -week basis these policies so there's no better way of communicating those policies to public folks uh, or to folks who aren't all on the same email network or corporate network. So a lot of our corporate lobbies that we're doing are really glad we've got some uh, capable and uh, you know flexible displays that we can start posting these notices um, in in the lobbies as people walk in. But I think you know whether it's corporate or or retail or or public facing, I think the main key that we're trying to do is <clears throat> give the viewer confidence so it's all about letting them know i'm being um told what to do and not in a demeaning sort of a way but to know that hey I feel like somebody's thinking about me 
as I traverse through this space and giving that, that viewer the confidence that, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm cool going through here. Uh, somebody's thinking about me and looking out for me. And I think that's a key part of what, what digital signage can really accomplish. I mean, I think that also extends into how we look at the future of digital signage, right? This idea of being taken care of, especially during a crisis like this. Um, do you see beyond the, you know, we've been looking at how digital signage can evolve as an experience, you know, uh, interface. Now that we can't really touch digital signage, which was a big part of what, you know, the interactivity, um, what technologies do you think will have a, and we all know voice control is going to have to come in here somewhere, right? Um, where do we see the future for that, the interactivity portion of digital signage yeah. going forward? I mean, I'll just quickly, I mean, digital signage is always going to play a, a prominent role in a, especially for a user, a visitor to a new space, right? Uh, someone who's coming to a space for the first or second time, or there's not a, they're not a regular repeater. Um, so they're kind of orienting themselves both spatially and, and, and from a community, from a, a language, you know, the language of space tells you where to go, and that's what wayfinding does, you know. So, so uh, having to as a, as a role of orienteering um, a space is that's that's important. Um, but also, it's going to put a heavy, heavy emphasis on new uh, mobile technologies, so that as I walk into a space, I can get be alerted to maybe a policy or some some alert or something that's happening that's very specific to that space. So, this is a great example that every Everyone was always wondering, well, where, what are beacons going to do for me? Mm. And um, and now you might be able to turn on to a spatial beacon network that will alert you if, you know, hey, this is a, you know, a, maybe a, a red zone, maybe this is an orange zone, maybe this is a yellow zone, and you could be no, noted of, of those kinds of things. So I think digital signage will always be a, a, a member of that uh, cast of characters, uh, but I think definitely... I. I've always said I hate touch screens. <laughs> I, I think I'm being vilified here, and uh, so, uh, 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 or maybe that's the wrong word, but the point is, uh, I, I think mobile vindicated. is going to be vindicated. <laughs> Thank you very much, yeah. Uh, but I think yeah, mobile, I, I, mo yeah, go ahead, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, I would agree with you. I mean, we think that um, generally there's going to be a resistance, a growing resistance that was there already to some extent, as Phil had already alluded to, to touching things in public, right? So um, we, I think, are, are gonna see a couple of things happen. One is um, the adoption of QR code-based um, ability to take over and drive screens with uh, an individual's smartphone and essentially let your smartphone be the remote control to the world. Um, the other, I think, uh, likely could happen is we certainly see AI coming into play with Google Assistant or Alexa, um, those applications have um, some challenges inherent in them because of ambient noise. And we already know from our own personal experience that Alexa doesn't even always know exactly what we're asking her to do, right? So uh, the, the third, I think, is going to be um, an adoption of gestural, whether it's through stereoscopic cameras or LIDAR technologies that allow people to um, trigger and drive devices and experiences in a very similar form language to what we very quickly adopted with touchscreens as we became familiar with our own smartphones. So um, I, I think there'll be a couple of different things that emerge and it'll really be application specific um, or it'll be a choose your own path scenario and in, in applications that can support multiple interactivity. Um, 
but but I would agree. I think you know, there's. Uh, I've always personally had a, a a slight resistance to touching things in public, and my wife will probably uh, be happy to point out that I hate buffets personally. I just you know, not a fan. Used to love them in college, but the older I've gotten, the less I want right. to be involved with a sneeze guard. So you know, the the, the opportunities I think will will kind of um, proliferate with um, new ways to solve for an interactivity that we haven't had before. I think you're absolutely right, Jay. I want to thank you both for joining me today. I know it's been it's not the longest conversation in the world, but I think you both made some very interesting um, uh, points about where we're going. I'd love to have you on the show again in a couple of months to check in and see what you guys are up to. I'd love to. Thanks for having us. In the meantime, Rick. Yeah, no problem. In the meantime, where can our listeners find you, Phil? Well, um, Phil, it, showandtell.com is my email. I'm happy to answer any uh, emails from anybody. Uh, these days we're, we're, we're looking for ideas and, um, um, you know, thoughts and, uh, and anything to make stuff happen for everybody here. We're, we've been collaborating a lot right now with a lot of folks about what people can do. And um, there's some interesting ideas out there. Awesome. Where can we find you, Jay? Either uh, jleedy at diversifiedus.com or just look me up on LinkedIn. Um, either way, I'll make sure and take the time to at least be as straightforward as I can with you about what we can do and what we can't yet do and see if we can't help you get where you're trying to go. Awesome. Thank you both. Please stay safe. Thanks. Take care. My pleasure. Thank you. We're joined now by Donnell Davis, Marketing and Event Manager for Phillips Professional Display Solutions, and Joseph King, Senior Director of North America, also for Phillips Professional Display Solutions, uh, who recently launched a set of digital signage-based solutions in Europe to help the reinforcement of social distancing measures recommended in that region. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello. Thank you. Good to be here. I was When I read this, this is one of the first pandemic motivated products that came across my desk for digital signage um, about a month or so ago. And I was like, I really want to understand how, what the approach was to designing and creating a functionality for, it's not just one solution, is it? I think there are a few solutions in there. Can you guys walk me through what the solutions are and how you landed on these being the ideal solutions at this time? Sure. Yeah, no, it was interesting, you know, when, when lockdown, quote unquote, first went into effect, the places you could go were Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, you know, the grocery store. And as we're walking into these places, you're, you're, you're being kind of funneled into a specific entrance and there are people there counting you as you're going in. And so we just started talking and said, look, there's got to be a way to automate this. And there's got to be a way to make this more efficient. You know, if you think about whether there are people standing out there for an hour, two hours at a time, it, it's still labor and it's still, um, you know, a, an expense for, for those retailers. So we started looking at ways to do that. And certainly we knew that our product could manage it. We, we've, we needed to find a camera partner and we were able to do that very quickly with Bosch and, and they helped us with some of the innovation. But uh, yeah, some of our guys wrote the program for our Android product literally in three or four days. And, um, you know, it's not complicated, but it, but it does the job. And so, uh, you know, Lenore, it really just came from us walking into places, whether it was here in the U S or over in, uh, in the UK, 
uh, or in, in the rest of Europe and, and seeing a need for, the, for something to, to help us identify the, or address the issue. So the, the, the release that I got reference here specifically, is this available in the United States now as well? It, it is, yes. Yeah, and, and, and I know we're, we'll get to it, but yeah, we've, we've had some strong interest. Um, and uh, we introduced it first in Europe, and literally, Danelle, about 48 hours later, I think, we introduced it here. That's absolutely and, uh, right. Yep. Yeah, and, um, and, and it has been amazing, the, the response that we've gotten very quickly. Can you just take me through how exactly it works? And, and I, the solutions didn't have, you know, these super long names or anything. Can you just... Tell me what they're called and tell me what they do. Yeah, so it, it's, a, it's an Android-powered display. So, and, and the screen size can vary, but I think most people are wanting to, to use it in portrait mode because uh, it, it really works better with the software. But it's, a, it's an Android, Philips Android monitor. It's a Bosch camera uh, or two or three or however many doors that they're going to try to use it on. Uh, you need a router. Uh, you need a PoE injector, and then depending on how they want to mount the monitor, it, it can be a, a cart, a, a roll-in, roll-out cart, a stand. You know, I, I, the best place for the camera is obviously up high in a ceiling, but we've also seen people mount the camera to the cart as well. Um, so it's not complicated. It's, um, you know, we're confident that, um, you know, not that we would want anybody to try to install it or put it together, but it's, uh, it, I think it's easy enough that with following the directions, most people can get it, get it installed. It doesn't have to, single door solution doesn't have to live on the local retailer's network. Okay. So it's separate from that network, which is a, a, something that we want to make sure we point out. And I think that's what, that's the part that makes it a little bit easier to set up. Okay. So what has the reception been? I know it launched, relatively close in both regions. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the United States, since that's where we are. Sure. Um, what's the reception been like, and, and can you tell us some of the clients that have been using it? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure how many of the clients would probably want us to divulge it, but certainly there's, there's a large office products chain that is, that is um, um, implementing it now. Uh, we've certainly had interest from grocery, uh, that kind of mirrors what's happening in in Europe. Uh, there's a there's a global grocer that is now looking at putting it in not just in Europe but also in the U.S. Um, we've had uh, we've had other retailers reach out, whether they be um, you know grocery I think is the first one, but also home improvement. Um, so yeah, we're we're starting to ship it now. It's actually been quite exciting to see how quickly it could develop. Um, you know, literally, Danelle, we introduced it 10 days ago, I think, 12 days ago. Yeah. And uh, we're already getting some some pretty quick interest. Um, and we're not just talking one or two here and there. We're, we're seeing some significant requests. Yeah. And just to piggyback on Judith's um, comment, it's been extremely exciting because this solution has come to market so quickly um, every question mark that um, customers have brought to us, we've been able to answer it in a simple and concise way so that they feel confident moving forward with the solution, which is really exciting to me, especially as a marketer. You want it to be simple, you want it to be understandable, and you don't want it to be intimidating. Right. Um, and I think that Joe's being a little modest in that, you know, 10 days ago we rolled out the solution. We had a webinar last week where the solution was barely a week old. We had over a 300% percent 
growth in webinar attendance simply because of the amount of interest in this single solution. Yeah. So we are, we're thrilled about how it's being received in the market and we see so much opportunity for people now. Well, let's talk about, you know, this, it's, it's a functional product now. It's helping um, in, in, a, in a time of crisis. Um, how do you think it'll evolve post-pandemic? What will the role of this solution be if someone's going to invest in it during a crisis? You know, yeah. you know digital signage is wayfinding and all that good stuff. Yeah. But yeah. How, how can it evolve into becoming a part of that, that location's yeah, yeah, Lenore, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I think that um, at least the people that we've talked to, they don't see this going away soon. Mm-hmm. And and I think then it's what is the definition of soon and, and when do we get back to something that's more normal or, or what we look like six or eight months ago. Um, I, I think even as things start to relax, we're going to continue to have a reason to limit the number of people that go in. You know, I, I, the last thing I want to do is say I'm an expert on anything, um, especially with, with the, the way some of the so-called experts have been in, in dealing with this, this pandemic. Um, so I think, I think it would be naive of us to also think that this is just really short term. I think short term for us, maybe through the end of 2020 or even into the first quarter of 2021, uh, I think we're going to be living in this type of world for, for at least another nine months or so. Um, but certainly, you know, if, if that is short term, um, I certainly think we see a need for it. And then, you know, the great thing about it is that, uh, because it is a, a relatively cost effective investment, there are other applications for it. Um, you know, whether you take it and you utilize it with employee communications, you utilize it as a, as a way to train people, you utilize it as a way to, to highlight product, um, you know, there are ways that you can certainly tie advertising to it as people are going in and out of your location or passing something. So, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of applications for it. But, um, you know, I think I think the thing for the retail environment to to try to make a, is they're making a, a return on investment decision, which is really what this is, is even if I only use it for nine months or a year, is that better than having a live body standing out there? Mm-hmm. You know, and how, how better can that live body be used? So, yeah, we don't we don't pretend to think it's a solution that's going to last for, a, you know, two years, three years. But certainly we think the minimal investment that's needed here is justified. Um, and when you talk about minimal investment, are you seeing clients that don't have any digital signage at all ordering this? And and yeah maybe it's an entry point for them into mm-hmm. developing a digital signage ecosystem for their, for their store, their retail. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Lenore. We, we just got off an internal call and, and it was interesting to hear the sales team talk about the, the type of people that they're talking to mm-hmm. and that they're talking to people that we haven't talked to in the past. And again, that's, that's where it's almost bigger than digital signage. And, and we talked about a little bit about that on the call because you're exactly right. There are companies out there that really haven't looked at digital signage. And, and I think, honestly, they don't necessarily see this as digital signage, quote unquote. Right. They see it as a solution that addresses some of the issues with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then do they, do they use it later as digital signage, I think, is what they may do. But, uh, but certainly, they, they, I don't think they see it as digital signage today. 
Interesting. So the vocabulary around it is also a little bit different. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Like we're opening, this is, this is an entry point, just as you said, Lenore, to, to digital signage and it's introduced through the solution of people count. So if we're looking a year out and people count is not as relevant, the great thing is this is already an Android powered display. You have that embedded in the display. So all you do is go to the Android store you pick an application, you can build out a menu board, you can talk about specials that you're running in your, in your store, you can, talk, you can have a flash sale, you don't have to have your employees running around printing out um, what the special of the day is, keeping it up, all of those things can be automated from a single source so that your employees that are there can focus on what they're there to do, which is support the customer. Awesome. Is there any plans to roll this out into um, iOS as well? Uh, well, Google Android is the more stable platform. Um, and so we're going to stick with the Android um, SOC platform. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you both for joining me. This was really informative. I was really excited to hear how this uh, platform works. Um, where can our listeners find both of you if they have any questions? I love that question. Well, you can find us online at uh, www.philips.com slash PDS, Philips or Professional Display Solutions um, as PDS. Or you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, It's my first name, Danelle, D-E-N-E-L-L, my middle initial A, Davis. Um, And Joe is on LinkedIn also, and I'll kick it over to you and you can tell them where you can find us. Yeah, no, I think, uh, Lenore, thank you for the question. It's, it's as Danelle says, if they'll go to the website, they can find a salesperson that's in the area of the country that they're in. Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly the same thing. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn or, or, uh, or, in, or you know, any platform. And, and my phone number is actually on the website as well. So, yeah, if somebody wants to call me directly, they can, uh, they can get in touch with me as well. Awesome. It was lovely having you both here. Please Thank stay you very safe. much. Yeah, you as well. Thank you. Lovely to talk to you. Same here. Bye-bye. I'm Lenore Aline, and you can find me on Twitter at Lenore DSM. For Avery Nation, visit our website, avnation.tv. You'll find this show and a host of others. While you're there, please visit our supporters section. These are the companies that support us financially and help us bring you Digital Science Digest, coverage of DSC, Infocom, and more. All that and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv.